without further ado, then uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, welcome to the Deacon Snipe Sally podcast, uh, the chair of Deacon Sports Entertainment, Mr. Dean McDonald. Welcome to the show, Dean. Very uh, great pleasure to, to be on. Oh, great! We're glad, glad you could take the time, especially on late on a, on a Thursday. Uh, so we just finished up. We're just coming off the high of just we just finished a, a guest podcast. Uh, not last week, I guess, uh, seven days ago with uh, Joel Bowen of the Toronto. So we're still coming off that high and we're right into another another podcast with yourself. So uh, uh, we're very grateful. It's not very often we get the chance to, uh, that we're gonna have a chance to chat with uh, the owner of a franchise. Certainly one uh, that's, again, tied to uh, tied to St. John's and the Maple Leafs. So uh, we're grateful for your time in that regard. Uh, one of the things that I've run into chatting with a lot of fans, I mean, you're, you're beloved by the fans. You're... Uh, you're very involved in, in the in the team and, and mm -hmm. on social media and in front of the camera, which everyone's everyone's really taken to. Uh, but a lot of people don't really know your backstory, uh, where you, how you got into business and and uh, and your road from where you started to where you are currently. Well, so you want me to answer that? Yeah, <laughs> if you can. <laughs> uh, no, it's been, uh, it feels like only yesterday because uh, I'm actually 61, but uh, I was right out of university. I took a job at the local cable company, cable television company, which was called Avalon Cable at the time. Uh, I was there for two years in a marketing position, left. Uh, started my own advertising agency and five months later I was asked to come back and run the run the business I was only 24 at the time uh, took over uh, as uh, president of that company and uh, part of the deal coming back is I wanted to get ownership in the business which I did uh, that company morphed into uh, Cable Atlantic uh, and in 2000 we sold Cable Atlantic to Rogers Communications of Toronto and part of the deal was uh, they wanted me to move to Toronto and take over as chief operating officer of the, of the entire organization. So that was a big jump for me at the time going from, you know, 400 employees to 13,000 employees. And um, my deal was three years with those guys. And on the third anniversary, uh, I left and, and partnered actually with a group out of Dallas run by a guy by the name of Tom Hicks. And Tom was the owner of uh, the Dallas Stars at the time, the Texas Rangers. Oh. And uh, we, we collectively uh, took a public company, which was Persona Communications. We took it private. Uh, that would have been 2003, as soon as I left Rogers, literally the same day. And uh, sold that business uh, for almost a billion dollars three years later and uh which was 2007 and since that time i then uh, started my own private investment business so uh, we own a bunch of companies in high tech commercial real estate um, uh, oil and gas so we have businesses across canada into the u.s and um, so that's kind of my story always a big investor in technology uh, which i understand and enjoy and so um, been very fortunate, had some really good breaks along the way. Yeah, wow. sounds like you've been in the zone a long time. Yeah, for sure. So One thing big, to another, it's great. It's a big jump though from, uh, from, from tech business into uh, in the sports and entertainment world. 
So uh, I'm guessing, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I guess you've been a, a fan of sports in general since a young age. Is that, would that be a fair to say? Yeah, so, you know, not only a fan, but super active. So uh, I played sports, uh, you know, school, competitive sports all my life. Uh, still play a lot of sports, actually. Uh, and uh, But uh, at a very young age, I have three older brothers. We started a team called the Banshees here in St. John's, and we've competed in... Uh, basketball, softball, soccer, ball hockey. So, you know, uh, uh, I've played, uh, I've just played sports all my life. And, uh, and so, uh, and then of course at Rogers, I was on the executive committee of the Blue Jays and the Sky Dome. And um, so, you know, that got me even closer to the sport um, as well. Um, all my best pals run Live Nation out of the U.S., out of Los Angeles, who they're all Canadians who, who are really good friends of mine. And, uh, you know, one of the people on the boards of one of my companies uh, for a number of years was Francesco Aquilini, the owner of the Canucks, who's a very good friend. Um, I have close friendships with the Benson family who own the New Orleans Saints and uh, so, uh, you know, and I, I, for a number of years, I was myself and uh, the head belt Canada and uh, the guy who started the Raptors, John Beethoven. Uh, there was a committee of five of us worked with Steve Nash to raise money for the Canadian national basketball team for their Olympic bid. Wow. So I've kind of wow. been on the Yeah, so I've been on the periphery of sports in some form or fashion uh, for, you know, certainly the last 20 years from a, you know, you know, ownership or working with leagues and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, when, um, when I was running Rogers, I mean, um, you know, we had all the video stores at the time. I think we had like 180 video stores. You know, I was working with athletes, uh, Don Sherry and others uh, at that point in time to do advertising for us. And so, you know, I've kind of been, been around it quite a bit, quite frankly. Yeah, certainly sounds like it. That's uh, yeah. That's actually exactly what I was looking for because I've often wondered myself, you know, where, where did Dean mm-hmm. come from and how did he get to to where he is? Yeah. So, the, I guess the, the, the tail end question of, of that whole segment would be, you roll out of bed one day, feet on the floor, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna well, I'm gonna buy a hockey team. So <laughs> how, oh. how, how did that come up? Yeah, it, it kind of it, it, it's you're not too far wrong. So. Um, growing up, uh, one of my very good friends and I played a lot of sports with and a lot of sports against, and he coached me was Glenn Stanford. And, um, I ran into Glenn one Friday afternoon at, uh, Jag Hotel at the bar there. He just finished a game of squash. I was coming from work and, uh, I said, geez, Glenn, you know, I've been thinking about reaching out to you. Uh, uh, you know, I'd like to see if we could buy mile one, uh, uh, or at least uh, take over management. Uh, my friends are uh, the owners uh, and uh, principal owners of Live Nation. And, you know, they think the market's underserved. And, uh, you know, I think mm-hmm. we could do something. What do you think? And he said, well, you know what? I don't think it's a bad idea because I've been talking to Kyle Dubas, who is wondering if we would have any interest in an ECHL franchise because he wants to build this, this model uh, kind of similar to baseball in terms of minor league modeling, mm-hmm. love for the Leafs affiliate to yeah. be in St. John's. And that's how it started. We then Amazing. went over and we visited with the city and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was literally, uh, you know, decided over a couple of beers. 
when you have an organization like Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment and Kyle Dubas, you know, reaching out, you would think that you you can't say no to something like that. (laughs) No, no, you know what? You're absolutely right. And um, in particular, one of the things uh, with Glenn, because outside of just running the St. John's uh, Baby Leafs for years, uh, you know, he ran the Hamilton Bulldogs and he ran a team in, in Idaho. And so, you know, Glenn can pick up the phone and call anyone in, in the mm-hmm. hockey world. Um, and in fact, you know, what I've learned since uh, being more active in it with Glenn is, is, you know, a lot of people call him, hey, we're, we're, we're talking to so-and-so about a coach, you know, he played with you at one point or he coached with you at one point. And, and so there's this uh, fraternity um, in the NHL and, and the leagues underneath it that's actually – uh, very close, uh, very tight knit, and very hard to get into. So, uh, you know, Glenn has a grade A calling card when it comes to dealing with these folks, and uh, you know that's certainly been a big help to us because it's pretty evident early on just how much effort the Leafs were putting into making sure that the Growlers were competitive. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. And obviously, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It did, you know, and. Uh, uh, I actually thought from the very beginning that we were going to have a really good shot at it. And, uh, you know, it was too bad we got canceled uh, this past season because, yeah. you know, by all accounts, uh, at least uh, from the least perspective, we had a better team than the first season. So uh, what a great uh, platform that would have been to build on, you know, two championships mm-hmm. in a row. No, I yeah. remember, I remember a, uh, again, following the Leafs as diehard as I do, I remember the year, it was prior to the announcement that the Growlers were coming online. Uh, I remember an interview that Kyle Dubas did where he talked in depth about wanting to restructure the organization to have a, a feeder system where it's not necessarily a slap in the face to or an end of a career to go to the ECHL. It's actually an incubator for, for the bigs. And, uh, and he was yeah. very vocal about that. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be great to see a, a Leafs farm system close by? Yeah. And it was only shortly after that it was boom right here in our, in our home city. So, uh, yeah. One of the interesting things on that Ryan is that um, from the Leafs perspective, why they like St. John's is um, you know, they love the fan base uh, and the knowledgeable fan base, but they like the fact that when they send uh, you know, prospects here, it's a mini version of what it's going to be like when they actually make it to the big leagues, because they're going to hospital visits. It's, it's, it, it's, it's all that, uh, intangible things that happen mm. off the ice and so they feel that it really prepares a prospect for what's what's ahead because you you get a lot of talent that comes up that you know it's just pure talent on the ice but maybe their their uh, uh, social compass might be a bit off so they're in the bars too much or they they take them they have too big a head and they don't understand that mm-hmm. part of being a professional athlete is giving back to the community and so they feel that St. John's is like the perfect spot to start building uh, uh, that professionalism. That's, that's really wow. interesting because it makes a hundred percent sense. I mean, we're a bit yeah, immune yeah. to it, having grown up in it, but it, it, it really does. It is kind of a place which inspires good morals and, and, uh, and productivity in the community like that. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that, but I, I've never put two and two together before, to be honest. That's, oh, that's a big yeah. part of it for them. It, it really was. It, it was a, Big part of the je ne sais quoi uh, of why this market works for them. Mm, amazing. It seems to be working so far. So yeah, I mean, yeah, very much yeah. so. 
So, Dean, did you have a favorite hockey team as a kid? Yeah, it's I'm funny. curious as, about this. Well, this is uh, funny. So, as a kid, uh, I had three older brothers, um, and at about the age of about seven or eight, um, uh, I was playing uh, pickup uh, cards as you used to with the hockey cards. You know, you play knockdowns or pickups and all those games you had with mm -hmm. hockey cards. And so I said to my brother, look, I need a favorite player. And he's and he went through the, the stack of cards. And he's oh, you, you, this is the guy for you. Uh, he just won the scoring championship. It was Stan Makita. And nice. uh, Makita, of course, was the first player in NHL history uh, to win the Triple Crown and did it back-to-back -back years. And he was my favorite player. So I was a huge Chicago fan uh, growing up. And uh, all my brothers were Montreal fans and uh, or Toronto. And so it created quite a rivalry. And then after Makita retired, I then became a big fan of uh, Lafleur. Uh, as he was tailing off. And then, uh, honestly, uh, I, I didn't follow hockey that closely. Um, I, I followed in the years because of my relationship with Francesco. You know, I'd be going out to playoff games and all that uh, to see the Canucks, but I wasn't too into it. And then now, you know, I'm a massive Leaf fan. Uh, yes. And we, yeah, and we, <laughs> so uh, I feel a little bad because I'm not, I can't say I'm a died in the wool fan of any particular team all my life, but you know, growing up, it, uh, it was Makita uh, in our office here in St. John's, uh, rather than a kitchen, we have a, an Irish pub. And uh, so we have a ton oh. of par paraphernalia in that. And uh, I have, uh, over the years, people used to gift me Stan Makita hockey cards. So I have a million of those Stan Makita nice. cards. I have his jersey signed. I have a, I met him at a cable convention one time and I have a picture with him cool. signed. So, uh, you know, as a kid, you know, I guess that's what really counts. He was my guy. Nice. Uh, yeah. The kid yeah. is a good one. Great one. Yeah. Well, one of the all time greats. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess we'll slide into guys. I guess we'll call this segment two, for lack of a better word. We mm -hmm. line it all up into segments here. So um, I think we should talk about the actual team itself, the Growlers. And I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, you talked about kind of the, uh, the behind the scenes, how it got started. But I mean, you got to be, I, I'll, I'll call you a liar if you say that you envisioned winning the Kelly Cup in your inaugural season. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine that was on the radar. Well, you know, of course, it's a dream. <laughs> Yeah, it is a dream come true. Uh, you'll have to call me a liar because I do <laughs> think, well, you know, you know, as with any of these things, you don't go in to lose. Um, but uh, honestly, um, Glenn told me straight up, based on the model the Leafs were going to use, where we had so many players on AHL contracts, he said, oh, we're on, we should make, it was Glenn's view and his experience that we would make it to at least the conference he felt we were going to make the conference finals wow. uh, whether on the conference final so so glenn would be a good uh, barometer of talent and um mm -hmm. so i kind of said you know what you know suddenly we pick up adam party um you know it just felt like we were going to be uh, uh competitive which was important um and you know we started slow you can see it pick up but uh I think there was always a, I always had a thought that uh, this could be an interesting Cinderella story. Uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, 
I wouldn't be telling the truth if I saw, if I said I thought definitively we're going to win, <laughs> okay. but I, I thought we had a shot. And uh, look, ultimately on this, uh, I'm just a fan, and uh, I'm a big fan, obviously. And uh, for me, and you know, I've I've had a lot of a lot of good fortune in my life, and uh, I've seen every sporting event in the world you could possibly imagine, from Super Bowls to Wimbledon to U.S. Opens and uh, Ryder Cups. I've been at everything, and uh, this ride uh, was magical. It was just uh, it was. and to see yeah. the fan base come together and uh, uh, just the joy of bringing a championship to Newfoundland was. Uh, I, I still get goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, that was amazing. Do you have a favorite uh, moment? Oh yeah, go ahead. A favorite moment in through that? off the ice. Uh, I would say my favorite moment through the whole thing was um, we we went down to Toledo for game uh, wow. four and five, mm-hmm. and we'd watch game three here at the house. And you know, of course, I have pilot brothers and sisters and family and everyone gathered around the tv for game three and you know uh you kind of you get stupid on this stuff you know those first two games we won both in overtime so incredibly close and we were at home so somehow but i just thought hey maybe we're gonna sweep or something and then we got absolutely blown off the ice in game three mm-hmm. and suddenly i was like oh jesus this is you know we this is uh they're big. This is far from over. So myself and, and Tracy, my wife, and my brothers and sisters, and Glenn's wife, we all went down for game four and five and, in Toledo. And uh, that burn is absolutely the noisiest thing yeah, you've ever heard in your life. Just rabid mm-hmm. fans, just absolutely crazy fans. And the noise was off the charts. And... Um, I was really nervous. So a funny anecdote or story is before the game, uh, we were staying at this hotel in uh, Toledo and on the top floor of the hotel, they had this fantastic bar that overlooked the river. And it was absolutely amazing. So my brother called me, I was down in the room. I had just done an interview with VOCM or something. My brother called down and said, Hey, he said, uh, he said, do you have any swag down in your room? I said, yeah, I got some stuff. He said, yeah, I just met Matt Bradley's dad. He's down here for the games. I said, you're kidding. So I brought him up a T-shirt and a hat. And uh, he's a big boy, big old former rugby player, I think. And uh, anyway, we hit it off and a few few, uh, few nips before the game. And, and so I was walking over with him. We walked down to the arena a few blocks down. And I said, uh, how are the boys feeling about this? You know, given what happened, uh, you know, last night or the night before, whatever it was, uh, with the blowout. And he just said, you know what? He said, the boys, boys say they got this. They're winning it. And um, they, uh, they just had one of those games that you have every now and then. I said, really? I said, so no jitters? No, they, they got this. I said, wow. So I was like, that, that took my jitters down. And then mm-hmm. during the game, uh, game was tied, and they had the big power play late in the game. And Plouffe stopped with three shots on the power play. That was my favorite, the block and, shots. And- yeah, and you know, Ryan, I see, you see behind you the picture of Paul Henderson. I actually have a signed jersey of his in, in the office. Is If you remember that series, you're probably too young, but 
Uh, you know, there was three three thousand fans in Russia that made more noise than the Russians in the arena. Well, there was about thirty Newfoundlanders in Toledo, and we made some noise that night. And uh, Melindy's parents were there, and a few other Noofs, and uh, we absolutely we were in a box that the Toledo pro provided us, and uh, uh, Jim Bradley was in with us, and we went absolutely nuts. Uh, nuts and of course uh matt scored the insurance goal that night banked one off the back of the goaltender to put us up by two and seal the game and we were absolutely going nuts and that moment when poof kind of literally took the team on his back and took three <laughs> howitzers in the guts uh, was fearless yeah it was like i kind of went oh my god these guys want it and we were across the ice from them looking at the bench and the toledo guys were sitting and our guys for the entire third period were standing on the bench. Mm -hmm. No one sat down. And I said, you know, and if you guys have been around sports, you know that half the time it's wanting it more than the other team. And it was pretty yep. clear that night that our guys wanted it bad. And it just it felt, I was so bloody proud. It was fabulous. Oh, it yeah. was excellent. Yeah. As you said, game four, I was like, okay, this is going towards Bluff, the block shots. How could you yeah. not love that? It was, it was just oh, fearless. Yeah. I, I expected he was done for the series then but uh yeah he absolutely. suffered through trooper and, uh, yeah and we made sure that we put uh uh put that in the book you know that particular yeah uh, i got that book actually yeah 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 it's excellent yeah shameless plug the book. i like it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i, sh I should have just had it here it's ready to up. hold up <laughs> Oh, I even got the little the replica ring, you know, and the the jerseys. <laughs> I didn't want to be too like embarrassing tonight, so I didn't want to wear it all. <laughs> the hats, the scarves, you name it, I got it. <laughs> my kids got all the swag. They got all they got it all in the kids, yeah. minimal, but I deck you my know, kids out. That's ultimately <laughs> what's been the the best thing about all this is uh, having met so many people. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is, you know, the Growler Nation, and it is a common cause. And uh, I have my own Growler here. Uh, <laughs> I got two, too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that's that been, I've met so many people, you guys, obviously, and uh, uh, being part of it almost feels like a, a bit of a fraternity. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, and you know, lifelong friendships. I, you know, I grab... Uh, uh, Rod Z every now and then for a beer and uh, you know I'm in contact with a lot of the players uh, mm -hmm. Todd and others and, uh, and uh, we, we, we stay in touch you know yeah absolutely we see, uh, see yep. Todd had a great message there for Newfoundland uh, I saw that this evening yeah. For, yeah. For, for no good reason other than that he's a class individual and, oh yeah uh, <laughs> those players that no one will ever forget <laughs> find a way to keep him in the organization um, in some form or fashion even after his playing days are oh, he loves awesome. it here, awesome. and um, uh, we want to keep him around I, uh, I show my kids the example of a role model on a hockey oh, team and uh, yeah you know he grinds it out on the ice and he might not get all the ice on but that's that's success right there yeah yeah no he's earned everything he's got and and then some oh, yeah. quite quite a player now Eliminating the, the two players we've touched on, being Todd and uh, and Matt, did you have another yeah. player that might have stood out to you, like that really? Uh, you know, Garrett's obviously. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Michael Garrett. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I had a lot of fun with him. Um, 
you know, in that playoff run. And uh, he was, I, I said one night, just kidding around, you know, I'm going to adopt this kid. And then suddenly, you know, my social media went crazy. Everyone said, oh, he's going to adopt you. And then he's being <laughs> about in the press. And uh, it was funny when we went uh, into the dressing room after we got the Kelly Cup. He said, hey, come here. I got something for you. So he gave me uh, the goalie stick from the championship game. Oh, wow. <laughs> He said, uh, everyone calls me Dino. And he said, to Dino from your son, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Garrett's, right? Which is uh, uh, sweet. Really, yeah. So, look, I mean, uh, you know, great relationship with him, great relationship with all the noofs, um, uh, really good relationship with Matt Bradley, uh, who I stay in touch with a lot. Um, uh, Pooley, uh, I used yeah, to have yeah. a lot Another of favorite. teasing him. Um, when the guys played in Florida uh, last year, uh, I guess it's probably fe late February last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I have yeah, a home. I have a home just uh, 15 minutes from the Florida Everblades Arena, oh, and nice. so I had all the guys come over, and I, I lived on the golf course down there, and they all came over, and that was just absolutely hilarious. We had a we had a game where we had four of the four of the players against uh, against the four noose. Uh, so it was myself and Marcus and uh, uh, who Zach. else was it? Uh, Zach and I'm missing one other person. No, I guess it was three on three. On three. It was what it was. And oh God, hmm. we had so much fun. And uh, so, yeah, look, just, you know, I mean, it's hard not to get, uh, to get close to these guys. And uh, uh, because just, you know, as a fan and that, but also I, I view my role as, when they're in the city uh, for a lot of them coming from far away and is trying to be helpful in terms of make sure accommodations are good, make sure I can make mm -hmm. connections for them. Uh, I know when Scott Pooley's uh, girlfriend came in at the beginning of season two, he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm looking to show around any suggestions. So we set up, you know, a whole bunch of sightseeing in that forum. Um, when parents come in, I'll often have them up in the box and, you know, become uh, really close to Matt Bradley's kind of in-laws. And, uh, and so like, it's just, it's just uh, at the end of the day, it's all, all about the human connection. Yeah. And of course we want to win, but, but it's just more of uh, just everyone having that, you know, tribal badge that we're all growler fans at the end of the day. Yeah. And then, yeah. of course, all of us um, are very proud of Newfoundland and, uh, and so it's a little bit of a show off. We want to show how beautiful this place is and the type of people in this place. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, to a person, uh, all the players who come here, all, you know, you know, Glenn said to me, he said, look, we're going to treat these players really, really good um, as if they're in a higher league and the word will get out and all the good players will want to come play in Newfoundland. Absolutely. Really, yeah. uh, that's paid off. It's not, oh, excellent. not a hard theory. You treat people right, they're going to want to come back and our friends. Yeah, too. fair enough. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I uh, I was really really pumped uh, when I when I seen the 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 model come true in in that first year uh, when we seen the likes of um, like Mac Hallwell, uh, oh. just just yeah. elite level defenseman at an ECHL yeah. IHL level. I think he's got a I think he's got an NHL career ahead of him. He's just young. Uh, I agree. I mean, just just phenomenal. I mean, we got to see uh, see more. SDA was yeah. another one. Yeah, SDA for just just a short stint there. Uh, yeah, for... I'll never be able to properly say it. Oh. <laughs> Being yeah. a Bayman and all. <laughs> he could be back. 
you know, uh, you know, we went up, Glenn and I went up when we got the rings, uh, cause two of the players, Ellen Luck and Pooley were up, um, with the Marlies. And so mm-hmm. we went to Toronto to present them with the rings and present, uh, uh, um, all the Leafs brass with their ring, which was kind of, uh, uh, Shanahan and company. It was interesting. Oh, cool. You know, yeah. Oh, it was so neat. It's following me on Twitter <laughs> for that one. Yeah, I think there's a picture of that on Twitter, actually, yeah. doing that. And But what was really interesting that day was uh, you go into the Leafs offices, which are absolutely uh, you know, opulent, and uh, walk down the hall to uh, Brendan Shanahan's office. And there behind him in, in his credenza with a bunch of shelves is the Growler baseball cap. And, no uh, way! Yeah, so that was kind of cool, you know. I was like, okay, they know they know all about us. And of course, they loved having the camp in St. John's last year. That was that was huge. awesome. Yeah, they didn't love it as yeah. much as we did, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I didn't yeah. sleep for a week. <laughs> no. Lining up in there till you know whatever time you go. What what time were we there? Some mornings like three, four uh, o'clock. Oh yeah, I seen you there at three o'clock one morning. Yeah, it was the it first night. Was really either. early. <laughs> it, yeah. it was worth it out. though. It was oh, worth absolutely. it. Yeah. Great for the community too, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a great oh, fan experience so for everybody. Fun. I mean, we've never yeah. seen kids will like never. Kids will never forget it. Like my my boyfriend's uh, son, he's ten now, so yeah, I went nine at the time, and he still talks about it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Being what you want. a Leafs it, fan too, right? Yeah, it's really funny. After the preseason yeah. game, I bumped into Glenn, actually Glenn Stanford, on my way out of the stadium, and I'll I'll stop and talk to anyone. Of course, Glenn is not to talk to turn away from anyone either, and. Uh, <laughs> I said, uh, "So Glenn, too bad that they they didn't uh, they didn't win that one." He said, "Well, I said." Only one thing to do, get them back again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I said, yeah, that's a good, I like, I like where you're going with this. So I yeah, hope that happens bad. again. Yeah, it's too bad I got mixed up. I think the plan this year, we were actually going to have a blue-white game, which would have wow. been a lot of, yeah. you know, because it's a wide open affair and lots of goals and, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So. Next year. I love COVID. Yeah. 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 I love COVID. Yeah. 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 Now, we've talked a lot uh, privately, uh, myself, Carly, and Chad. We were chatting about the Growlers, of course, leading. We chat about the Growlers all the time. But uh, leading up to this this podcast, uh, we were talking about the logo and uh, how it seems to be popping up everywhere. It's not just in St. Yeah. John's. Like, you watch social yeah. media. You watch NHL hockey games. You watch – and the Growler logo yeah. is just is – just, it's such a, an iconic thing now all of a sudden out of nowhere and and it just seems to pop up everywhere like what are your thoughts become on that the, become the new flag you'll see a new flag flag at any concert <laughs> in the world or any sporting event now you're going to see it'll, growlers it'll just be a growlers flag instead of the new flag flag it, it, it's funny you know, it. um I, that's a great source of pride uh i don't mind telling you because uh we agonized over that and that was kind of something that um because I was in the business, uh, started a lot of businesses and brands and all that is I wanted to get it right. And it was months in the making. I drove Glenn crazy. Uh, and we, we worked and worked and worked and went through, you know, thousands of iterations to get it right. And, uh, we were way past the deadline with the league for uniforms, but, but when we got it, everyone knew it. Everyone's like, Oh my God, that's it. That's it. And, uh, and so, and you know, uh, it, the inspiration was I was literally going through a book and I saw a picture of uh, the Newfoundland Regiment and, and the mm-hmm. dog, you know, Sable Chief and, 
the, it was mm -hmm. a color picture and, and there were the colors in front of my eyes. And I went, okay, this is where we gotta go. Glenn's mom had suggested a Newfoundland dog and it just all came together, uh, you know, serendipitously. But uh, iconically, I mean, we won a bunch of awards as you know, we won the best new sports logo uh, in professional sports uh, mm -hmm. in the year we launched the team, which is pretty cool. And we were mm -hmm. up, you know, uh, new uh, logos from across the globe. And uh, ironically, when we started, before we ever hit the ice, we were sending swag to Australia, South Africa, wow. uh, Eastern Bloc countries. We were selling stuff all over the bloody place. And, and you know, one of the things Glenn said is, is it was funny. We said, geez, you know, we, we, we've got this, A, you've got a massive uh, bunch of noofs out there around the world who want to wear a badge that says Newfoundland. And two is you got a bunch of dog lovers out there. Yeah. Uh, so we said, yeah. geez, we gotta, get, we gotta get back to hockey almost. But uh, so we've been really fortunate with the logo. Uh, it is become a bit iconic we hear you know, I've done interviews on the mainland and they always bring it up and everyone loves yeah. the logo. So like that's, mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's fortunate. And I think, you know, our home uniforms, the black uniforms, they're, uh, they're good looking uniforms. Oh, oh it's amazing. Looking. You, you, hit a, you hit a home run there because we went from the Maple Leafs because Maple Leafs sell. Then we went yeah. to Fog Devils, which yeah. left a bit for everyone to love. And then we went to the Ice Caps and people, it grew on people and that became a household thing. But the growlers right off right off the bat though it was it was a hot it was a hot item and uh, they still are everywhere. I honestly think, and I, I don't know, this could just be totally out there, but I know I, for me, I'm not from St. John's, so having the St. John's ice caps or the St. John's maple leaves, it's like mm. yeah. When it's Newfoundland, totally. it's just you know it's what I mean. It, it, it feels it kind of you know includes the entire province as opposed to just the city. Yeah, that yeah. point is very. No, well, I, I, I agree. Part of her thinking. And, yeah. uh, you know, case in point, because at the end of the day, there's challenges to the economics of having a team out in the middle of the North Atlantic is, mm -hmm. you know, during the summer, we had a cruise ship come in last summer and uh, they went to a store on uh, Water Street, Maverick, I think it was. Mm -hmm. but, you know, there, there was 400 baseball hats sold. No wow. way. 400. A couple of hours because people want a Newfoundland memento uh yeah. it's a newfoundland dog on it it's kind of a sports team it's kind of like if you're a big sports fan and you're in the u.s you know you get a toledo mudhens uh mm -hmm. teacher as if it's a quirky, yeah it's yeah. a quirky <laughs> different name and it's just you know so um so we were trying to capture that we want to be the cool team even if we finished in last place you know it would just be a great swag for people to have yeah, yeah, even really though you cool. suck, you look good, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I mean, we had, when we launched, Shanahan uh, sent Glenn a letter one day and he wanted, uh, you know, 20 baseball hats, uh, 30 t-shirts and all wow. this, all for our family and friends. Uh, Larry Tannenbaum, of course, the owner yeah. uh, of the Leafs and the Raptors, he, he has... I would say on at least three or four occasions, he has um, uh, sent down orders, you know, because he wants for gifts for Christmas and all that. So that's kind of cool when that when you know, cool. that guy's looking for your stuff. Now, does the yeah. flow merch go both ways, though? Are they sending stuff down to you guys or what? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, <laughs> That stuff's yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny though. They were really surprised at camp 
that uh, all the growler stuff outsold their stuff. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. I'm not surprised. No wow. way. Yeah. Could be to do with the price. <laughs> yeah. Could, know, yeah, man. that's true too. Right? Yeah, yeah, like actual NHL licensed gear is so expensive. I don't know. It, why, it's great. But... It, 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 it truly is. Yeah. That's where I bought my uh, my St. John's Maple Leafs jersey at camp. So, okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was well. I mean, that was another thing too. I mean, you guys did such a great job throwback. with the throwback. The throwback was, oh, was so perfectly done. I had to buy yeah. that Leafs Growlers jersey for the Leafs night. That I don't know. I guess we're gonna have soon, but yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to rep it in Toronto at a Leafs game. Oh yeah, we've got we've got some cool things coming up. Um, well, the the jersey for season ticket holders is quite unique and. Mm. Uh, just a whole bunch. We've started to work. The manufacturer of the, the AK uh, Sports, who does all the clothing for the uh, uniforms for the league, uh, is based in Toronto. So I actually spent a whole day up there working with them to find out what the art of the possible was. So we've got some uh, really interesting things uh, coming down the pike that we're excited about. Yeah, one of those guys from Athletic Knit, he uh, joined the Growlers group specifically for, uh, you know, hearing the ideas and looking at people's yeah, interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hearing stuff. So it was like, oh, he God. wrote me personally. And I was like, hey, by all means, please. Like, we want people like that in there. Yeah, Everything to do with it was, come on. A That's... lot of people in those groups too that are always posting um, like their concepts of like, this is how I would do it. Or so it's always good to get the fan. Oh, this is free market research all the time. Yes, right. You don't listen, you're in trouble exactly yeah and that's uh that's one thing we've noticed we've keenly noticed and, and fan base has taken note too well for anybody who doesn't know myself and chad we uh we run the, the growlers nation facebook page and yeah. uh, and uh one thing we've noticed keenly is that quite often uh, your merch rep will pop on and they'll be like okay here's something new we got coming what else would you guys like to see and they're like oh can we get yeah. a christmas tree ornament and she's like i don't see why not sure. You know, and yeah. uh, and these kind of things coming to come to fruition, and uh, and the fans are just eating it up. It's it's such a great it's such a great relationship between the organization and the fans, one that I've never seen before. So no, well, you know, it's, it's it's interesting that I mean, you know, just how important fan engagement is. I mean, we we sent out a tweet uh, a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago on uh, what kind of food would you like to see in the arena. We had six hundred right. responses in twenty four hours, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I was reading some of those. And, and you know, when you think about it, you go, well, like, why hasn't Mile One ever asked that question? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, well, look, we're all about uh, a really close relationship with the fans because at the end of the day, we're fans too. And, uh, yeah. and you know, it's taking time, but we're getting there and, and still a ton of room for improvement. So, yeah, and that's, uh, I guess, that will bring us into like the, the Mile One talk, though. <laughs> yeah, for, I was right? just going to say the I same mean, thing. You know, there's a lot that the fans would like to see, and you showed us a lot um, that we, even more than we knew we wanted. But um, I was going to ask how you, when did you first decide to uh, buy Mall One, but you covered that already. So, with the uh, the negotiations, I mean, you had the 2019 report from KPMG, and now you're going for the 2020 report, and um, both dragged a bit. I'm not sure if that's just a due process, and that's what's going to happen every single time, and that's no other way around it. But I know they haven't given you the in-person. Like, no. I don't know why they wouldn't bring you in and be like, just show us what you want to do and let's have a look at that and let's talk. But it's just been, give me the papers. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Look, I think, um, 
I think that, and I'll go through this uh, photo with you in a minute. I think I can say this with some confidence is I don't think there's any appetite uh, at the city to sell the arena mm. uh, because I think they'd have us in for a meeting. Uh, the answer has been, we're running a process, but if you think about it, they're not really running a process. They haven't said mm. that they're going to sell the building. Uh, they haven't said that if they're going to sell the building, here's the process. It's a re request for proposals or ideas. So there's no process. All they've done is they've done a study uh, which was supposed to be done in December, and now here we are in mid-February. Yeah. But they did a study which asked KPMG to tell them if they were going to sell the arena, what are some things they should think about? So this report right. won't tell them to sell it or not sell it. And so uh, there is not a formal process. It's not against the law to sit down and talk to us. And, and the benefit of sitting down to talk to us would be um, on a number of fronts. One is you know, uh, maybe they think we're full of shit and uh, we don't really want to do this. Well, look, we've got the financing lined up. So we could sit down and say, look, here, look, here's the money. It's ready to go. We're, you know, this isn't this isn't a flight of fancy. Um, here's the people we have involved. Here's what we're thinking. Here's why I can work for you. And, you know, we've really spent a lot of time trying to answer all the questions beforehand and answer all their objections beforehand. So, you know, we were committed to saving them the subsidy, 3 million bucks a year. We're going to put 25 million into the building. You know, that building is almost at the end of its useful life. They're going to have to put some money into it. We know they don't have the money to do that. Um, we've said we're, we'll partner with them. It doesn't have to be hundred percent us. Um, so we've tried to be very accommodating. One of my kind of jokes that I joke is I say, can you imagine being at a council meeting a year ago and someone saying, do you think we could find a sucker to come in here and put 25 million bucks in the building and save us $3 million a year? And they'd be slapping their legs, laughing, saying, you know, that that sucker doesn't exist. But, but the reality is, look, the sucker does, it's me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd love to put money back in this community. I think we could do a really good job. And it's it's if I was from New York or Toronto, and I flew into town and wanted a meeting because I said I was going to make this kind of investment. I'd have a meeting uh, before. Uh, in, the plan. in a heartbeat. Yeah. And so uh, it's very frustrating. I feel it's a bit disrespectful, quite frankly. Um, but there it is. And uh, we're pretty relentless. Uh, I think it's going to be a big problem for them because I think we have massive public support. There is yeah. no downside to this. Uh, huh. Yet... Um, you know, we're, um, as I said, I, I, I'm not uh, expecting uh, uh, a good outcome because uh, there's no interest. You just can't get a meeting. Uh, no, that's too bad. I've beat, I've beat my brains out thinking about trying to figure out why they wouldn't. Because I want to, everything I look at tells me, well, it's going to be a 365 day a year operation. The downtown area is going to, is going to profit. The businesses are going to profit. They're going to grow. They're going to pay more taxes. They're not going to lose on an already invest on an investment which they've already made. I mean, there's just so many more jobs in the local area. Mm -hmm. I, I just I can't wrap my mind around the why not. You know, no, I, no one can. Quite honestly, no mm -hmm. one can. And it's you know maybe it's protectionism. Um, the the answers that came out early. 
have pretty much been shut down. You know, we, we're scared it, it won't help economic development. Well, actually, we're going to have more events happening there, so it'll be better for economic development. Mm -hmm. We're concerned that they won't host a briar. Well, the reality is the building's in such shape that you probably won't get a briar. Mm -hmm. that, that will be bidding on everything that moves. We have a relationship with Live Nation. You know, we're working with them in an amphitheater park we own in Iowa and other arenas we manage. And so, like, guys, look, this is this is a huge win. And look, I just, I get people stop me on the street. I get letters from people saying, like, what is the problem? And so yeah. uh, if they, you know, stick their head out the window to check the temperature on this, they find that people are 100% in support of it. We've uh, cut back on snow clearing, Metro bus, yeah, fire department, and all mm. of that could be avoided if they went with our plan. And mm. I think because maybe it's the nature of, of politicians is they want to kick the can down the road. They're going to kick this can right into the wheelhouse of an election. And it's going to cost people an election in my mind, if uh, council is, is seen as being frivolous with taxpayers dollars. And, and ultimately, you know, I've heard chairman Korab say, uh, you know, we're going to do what's best for taxpayers. Well, if they turn this down, I'm really looking forward to finding out why that was good for taxpayers. Well, now too. that you've offered it, it's like we look at the it's facility that we had and uh, we just can't leave it as is. You know, yeah. you, no. it is getting to a lifespan and we do want more. You're you're touching all these areas with these add-ons like eSports yeah. is such a big thing right now. Oh, mm -hmm. you, St. John's yeah. has, not, I've noticed, not much going on. And you're going, you said you're going to be tied into the Enthusiast Gaming, which is yeah. Toronto. I'm a gaming. shareholder in that company. And well, there you go. Yeah. So, so Francesco Aquilini is one of the founders. Myself, Adrian Montgomery. So, um, you know, you know, every high school team in St. John's now has an esports team. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. This is like a burgeoning, growing business. Enthusiast Gaming uh, has 300 million users in North America and seven professional teams. 1.2 billion page views a month. Uh, this is this is a really uh, exciting business. And once again, to your point, uh, Chad, is that you know, look, we can make this building 365, and that's that's how you make it work. That's how you get rid of the subsidy. No, I agree. Yeah. And then then on top of that, the one that really stood out to me is the double theater. Um, yeah. even dawned on me like esports yeah i've seen that around like that's a thing but having a double theater added to an arena here in st john's i never thought about a thing but it automatically made me think of the uh st john's international women's film festival yeah it's been around a long time a huge yeah. long time uh about 30 years or more and it's just mm -hmm. like okay they have their film festival at mount pearl square that old <laughs> rundown theater yeah imagine and giving them a venue yeah. and promotion because I see their only promotions on a kitty bitty beer can that does like local female artists, which I like, but it's got to be more than that. And if you have it, I mean, that would be huge for St. John's. Yeah, look, mm -hmm. we can do festivals. Uh, like I, I was involved in, in the startup of a festival, the Niagara Film Festival, and their whole thing is uh, food, film, and wine. And, uh, and you know, my, my thoughts on, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to people at TIFF, et cetera, is, you know, we want to do one which is uh, food, film, and, and froth, which is, you know, all our local uh, yeah. breweries. And, that. and, so and just to be able to go to a movie on a Saturday night in the middle of the summer and stroll out and 
go for a drink after in George Street or Water Street or whatever. Like it just mm-hmm. it, it what it's what modern downtowns are now. They're yes. they're 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 people engaging, right? Especially yep. after the summer and what we had down there with the oh. um what did they call? The, what do they call it? The, the pedestrian mall. Yes, mall. yes, the pedestrian mall. So yeah. that's just another, uh, you know, reason to want to have the mall one up and running because it's just attracting well, more people. The, 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 the thirst is there for those kind of investments. I mean, the thing we've learned from the pedestrian mall, that's such a simple concept that cost virtually nothing. Nothing. And yeah. threw it out there to people yeah. and they just ate it up. Loved it. Loved it. Because yeah. it gives you something so new to, to do. Weather. Yeah, look, we've talked to the George Street Association. We want, you know, if we had um, ownership of the arena, we would like to, uh, opening night of the George Street Festival is a big act that we bring in that's in the arena. Your ticket from that act gets you on George Street after. Amazing. We also mm-hmm. have an event, like tying it all together uh, really works. So like yeah. I'm a huge concert goer. Always have been since I've been about 14 years old. I go to almost everything, and uh, that's you know music to my ears, yeah. lack of better words. Yeah. Look, the other thing is you, you've heard a lot in the press if you've been following it about you know the city won't take risks on acts. Well, look, I mean the nature of the promotion business is you don't win on them all. That's right. But uh, you know one of the things we'd be doing is we'd be making sure that. Once or twice a year, we're going to bring in something mega, and we might not win on it, but we're building a fan base. We're building loyalty um, that um, will, at the end of the day, is going to win out. And so we'll take some chances on some big acts on the basis that, uh, okay, we lose on this one, we'll make up on the next one. And and having that relationship with Live Nation is uh, we'll get some really, really good acts. But you get a bigger return on a nice facility when you have a full fan experience, when you have oh, a yeah. big concessionary we, like that. Uh, we discussed this at length not long yes. ago where we were talking about cost of tickets, cost of, cost of an event in St. John's. And the, 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 the simple theory behind it all, and this is not new news to anyone, is that you, you, when you go to a hockey game even, you're, you're not going, if I want to watch a hockey game, I can watch it on TV for free. Uh, yeah. you're, you're going for the experience. You're going for a night out with your girlfriend. You're going for a night yeah. with the boys to drink some beers. You're going to taking get some the kids food. Out. You're taking the kids out for, for an evening. Um, you're paying for the experience. And and if there's one thing I've learned about St. John's is that people are willing to pay for an experience. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, one, one of the weaknesses to the existing mile one is, and we've done all the analytics when, when we look at how much people spend per person in the arena for food and beverage and all that is, is we're way behind the average. And that's because mm-hmm. we don't serve very well or very fast, no, no draft beer. Uh, we don't, we're not set up with satellite uh, beer stops and all that. And so, you know, when you bring in an act, uh, you know, a concert or even from a hockey game perspective is, is, you know, in the movie theater business, they don't make any movie off the film. They make it off popcorn and, and soda right. pop. And, and that's kind of the same thing in live entertainment, whether it's a hockey or, or a concert is, is you want people to spend lots of money. So, you know, when Brian Adams was here, I heard so many complaints from people saying, geez, you know, it took an hour to get a beer. You know, mm-hmm. I missed half concert and you know so i can only get one beer so look on a friday or saturday night you're going to a concert you're going down to have a few pops right you absolutely you you, mm-hmm. you you're you know you want that to happen so if you can't get it you're frustrated it's massive loss revenue 
to mm-hmm. the to the venue. And you know what you see in mile one now is is after games that people are bringing their own, mm-hmm. right? And right. so lost lost revenue because it's so slow. Yeah. It's so that's right. We we think that's all very very fixable, um, and and which is what brings us back to wanting to own the facilities because it's frustrating. Um, on the fan experience, when we launched the Growlers the first two nights, we had uh, a marketing agency in that had stopwatches on the lineups for food and beverage. And, you know, the average time in the lineup was like 17, 18 minutes. Um, 15% of the people who were in the lineup left because they got tired of being served. And the game game experience, I think on on a 10-point scale, the game was was like got a 9 out of 10 score and the food and beverage experience got less than three and hmm. um so that's a problem you know then that's yeah. the problem for us we we, we you know, we're constantly banging on on the doors down there saying guys we got to fix this they don't have a high level of interest in fixing it but it, it actually affects our fan experience and if they thought about it a little more long term if you're going to if you're paying 100 bucks for a ticket to brian adams and you can get one beer guess what next time you're just not going to bother or you're going to say you know what I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna buy a ticket and go fly to Toronto to see my concert because this is yeah. a shitty experience. Yeah, 100%. And you got Bob Hunter on uh, on board, and he's been a a big name he's for a long pro. time with uh, with the uh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Yeah, so I, I knew venues. Bob through my time at Rogers, and mm-hmm. uh, Glenn knew him through his Leafs experience, and so uh, a gentleman who we both uh, you know have just nothing but admiration for, and. You know, he's he's forgotten more about that business than I'll ever know. And um, and so he would bring so much to the table here uh, in terms of uh, professionalizing the fan experience. And he's been ter- doing it for 30 years. He's been successful yep. with it. Oh, yeah. And really smart about it. And, you know, this is a su- substantial investment we're making. So we want to do it right. So he knows how to do it right. Ironically, you see the sports bar there. If you've been to Toronto, you know the uh, real mm-hmm. sports bar outside of Scotia yeah. yep. Center. So the guys that designed <laughs> that work, work for Bob Hunter. They're actually Newfoundlanders oh, really? uh, who are in Toronto. And uh, so I reached out to them and we've been working with them on design. And uh, so like we brought in the best of the best. And uh, so uh, and uh, we think we're going to, you know, if given the opportunity, I think people will be um pleasantly surprised at how good this can be oh 100 i've never been to real sports in toronto where i haven't got where i've gotten out of the restaurant but it's been in 300 bucks because you can't help yourself you walk you walk in through these these racks of merch and amazing memorabilia and and then then suddenly you get into this 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 amazing pub atmosphere with the giant video screen and the the servers are fantastic and fast and as fast as you can eat it and drink it it's coming and And the fans are alive you know the fans are really going nuts in there too and i've never own craft beer in-house and you know the thought is for the sports bars that it'll be kind of almost like a uh, uh the history of sports in newfoundland so you know we'll have the kelly cup there maybe we can have the mm-hmm. herder and, and all old pictures of great teams and do the same on the music side in terms of you know famous musicians and their paraphernalia so it's kind of a combination of a of a, a sports bar and a and a uh 
a hard rock cafe almost you know that's, that's yeah. my that's my 100 preferred i go to hard rock wherever i go in this world i'm finding hard rock, and hard just, rock. i just like to walk around and look at it all and uh, yeah right you wanted a bit of a museum yeah. kind of feel and yeah. uh, we're involved in a in a gaming company called play the future which is kind of like like a it's uh, uh <clears throat> we talked atlantic lottery about using it so people come in you want to uh, do be fun bets on games and stuff like that and win beers and stuff so who's going to score the next goal and have a very fan interactive experience in the bar uh, for those who are there so there's so much we can do to make that building a hub of activity well speaking yeah. of that can you walk us through the picture uh, that we have up yeah I have, I have both actually do you have the, the, the west and the east i can pop it to the east when you're well when you're th this one might be the best start um so to the very left well it's self-explanatory sports bar but the so the whole concept in terms of one of the things we wanted to do was we wanted to make the arena accessible at street level yeah instead of going up uh these crazy stairs uh mm -hmm. and so more accessible the sports bar is basically uh, two stories and it'll be a craft brewery uh, you'll be able to take your ticket and enter the arena through there if, if you yeah, so yeah. desire so you can go eat at the restaurant and then you'll be able to uh, enter the game uh, through there and you'll also be able to enter it during the game uh, with your ticket stub and all that we're hoping to make most of this electronic on your phone uh, then, uh, so you you know, in the area right behind the tree, which will be the new entrance, you take escalators up to the second floor, which will be a massive, uh, you know, uh, will call and box office, and uh, you know, probably two and a half times the size of what's there now. So it, yeah. it shortens lineups, etc. Feels uh, pretty quick now. Yeah, and then as you move. Uh, you'll see two stories. So that's uh, office space. And the reason why that's important is what you don't, which you've never seen probably when you've been in the building is there's a whole suite of offices in the building. They, they kind of run in behind the current merchandise store. And uh, so there's actually, you know, a few thousand square feet of office space in there. We want to, we want to capture that and knock down the walls and open it so that end of the arena becomes a new concession area. Mm. Uh, oh, so cool. just make the flow of concessions. And then, uh, and we'll house our own offices there. We've talked to people like Music Newfoundland, et cetera, um, to house their offices there. Because on the when you go to the extreme right of the picture and you see the extension, uh, we're kind of calling that the St. John's Art House. And that will have the two theaters. It will have a recording studio. Mm -hmm. a world-class recording studio and that's that's easy to do because the equipment you need for esports is world-class recording equipment and so it allows us to actually uh work with the arts community for those who don't have the funds to produce um you know um uh top quality um uh, records and all that kind of stuff so that's there and then there's a there's a whole uh, a section of that 9,000 square feet that's devoted to a whole new concession area. So, the you know we're pushing the big concession areas to the two extremities of the building, which means serve faster. That will allow us to take the existing concessions and use them to, you know, really schlep beer fast, because that's the whole game. And mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yeah, so that's in two theaters there, and the two theaters will be. 
such that, you know, you can either break them down and create one big one or use two with the whole point of being able to, you know, go, like you do if you go to the U.S. or wherever you can go to a movie, have a glass of wine in your seat, you know, the big easy chairs and all that. So uh, it'll be uh, a much different experience than maybe going to the Avalon Mall. And um, so that's kind of the concept. And, you know, we're working on a couple other ideas and uh, um, in terms of what can be in there. But, um, you know, that'll make a difference. More mushrooms. Yeah. 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 That was my oh. complaint. <laughs> that's that's everybody's complaint. Yeah. So what about uh, stadium that. capacity, Dean? Is that something that's, that's uh, been looked at or, or is going to be much the same? No, it's going to be much the same. Um, you know, we'll probably take the area upstairs in the suite level that's currently the restaurant and convert that into kind of a VIP area. So if you if you're at if you go to the Maple Leaf, uh, see a Maple Leaf game or something, you're in the suites. You know, there's a there's social a social lounge a, or something. Yeah, right. There's a yeah. social lounge. Something like that. I think it's called that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll convert it to that and. Uh, and sometimes that's good because a lot of people who have suites, um, it's, it's an easier experience to host people out, out there. Whereas, um, you know, sometimes they don't want to have, uh, you know, uh, just a big priority in their box or whatever. So, so, you know, it just, it just, once again, you're, you're trying to create, um, uh, for your suite holders, your big sponsors, uh, something that's an added, um, added experience, uh, mm -hmm. for bang for buck. And, uh, and then, you know, you can see there's a, a viewing deck uh, uh, on top. So we're hoping to do something that, that, uh, that will have some kind of uh, deck or something that could also be uh, a bar slash something, you know, during better oh, cool. weather. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, when you, have a nice, uh, when you have a nice arena, that gets talked about a lot through the hockey world as well. Like people love a good arena. Thanks. Oh God! Yeah, absolutely. The, the arena, if you walk by now, it's rusting outside. It's in, it's really, it's it's in need of repair and some. Same TL. as day one. Yeah, and look, you know, if we can't get where we'd like to get, we we because we'd love to be downtown. Um, you know, we we will seriously look at building our own. Yeah, wow. I was wondering that too because I saw the yeah. talk about the four ice level yeah. uh, arena over in Galway. I'm, I haven't heard anything since. Yeah, that's a different project. Uh, and that's really something that's probably more geared towards ice rentals and minor yeah. hockey. Minor yeah. hockey, yeah. But I was just saying, I saw Rink in Galway. Everyone's, you know, in chatter and social yeah. media world is like, maybe he wants to go to Galway. No, no, we, we actually have a line of sight uh, discussions on two pieces of land, one we own um, and another one that we're working with uh, someone who owns the land who'd like to partner with us. So uh, yeah. uh, that's definitely something that's, uh, you know, um, maybe where we end up at the end of the day, you know. I mean, yeah. again, we'd up. like to keep it downtown, minus the parking. Yeah. There's not much you can do about that. No, but, uh, but it's it's around everything, and that's the way it's always kind of been. Besides Memorial Stadium, which wasn't far from downtown, but um, yeah. if it's outside and you have all the amenities, I mean, why not? I mean, I'm I'm up for it. We have, uh, and we also have some land uh, to the west of Mile One. Uh, just as you start on Hamilton Avenue, there, uh, there's a big uh, empty space about four acres, uh, we own that land. So, you know, if uh, we're, we're looking at converting that 
uh, in the proper fashion for parking, which would be a big help. Oh, excellent. I noticed you're talking. It's about a big that. detriment. You know, you're paying, you know, 20 bucks for a ticket and you come downtown, you got to spend 15 for parking. Offset makes it more expensive ticket, right? And it's, yeah. Uh, and then that's if you're lucky enough to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting out of it is another story because you're, you're a good hour, at least if you're parked on that top floor, I'm thinking of the one that's downtown, like that parking, yeah, yeah. The parking garage, but yeah. Oh my goodness. I'd rather I just can do about that get a cab. <laughs> I mean, try to leave. Yeah. A, I remember leaving it from amphitheater and it's, it's the same thing. Same thing. Getting same out, thing no matter where you go. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to chat with Dean about with regard to the, uh, the mile one versus city of St. John's issue? Well, I'm thinking the uh, this new Growlers Academy now being held at St. Bonds. Um, would that be a growing development? That in, uh, thing is gone. That thing, Chad, is taken off. So it is, yeah. uh, we're now at at a point in time uh, that to get into the camp is a lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's way more, uh, much more demand than 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 spots. Uh, so we, we stuck our toe in the water with it this year. Uh, you know, once the once we're up and running again, um, you know, there's so much more we can do with it. So one is we want to go across island. We're up in Labrador, I think, this week, nice. uh, which is really cool. And mm-hmm. the, the, the intent is, look, have so many of the kids, uh, you know, pay their way in, but use the Growlers Gives Foundation to uh pay for kids who otherwise couldn't uh, participate oh, of course when the hockey's in town suddenly you're going to end up with a lot of players at these camps uh teaching which is a huge bonus and exciting for the kids and mm-hmm. then you know in a perfect world uh, when summer comes and there's places that still have ice down well, you know some of the players will stick around and, and be involved and uh and of course you know if we manage the facility or own the facility uh mile one well then you know, we get to kind of dominate the ice time. Uh, Do what you the, want. Yeah, it's for, for the Growlers Academy. But that thing's gone over so well, so exciting. And, you know, St. Bonds is a small rink and and it's not uh, fan friendly in terms of parents coming to watch and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, you know, it's tough to get ice time. It's an old one. Yeah, it's uh, still yeah. sand underneath yeah. that ice. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. I feel on Sundays. Yeah. That's where you play, isn't it, Chad? Yeah, on Sunday evenings. Yeah. Yeah. It's got wow. a little charm to it, though. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine those garters coming down through the boards and the herder cups that used to be there years ago. I can't imagine people getting turnbuckled on those I beams. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't at Fenway Park or something. Yeah. I was going to ask, honestly, what your like backup plan was if the city rejected your, the proposal or whatnot, but you already touched on that. Um, yeah. But I, you did mention that um, you're willing to work with the city. It's not just a straight up buy it, you know, you're done kind of thing. It, yeah. Say, uh, yeah. Look, I mean, um, it, um, that's just a necessity. Um, uh, it allows them to justify the taxpayers why they're doing it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's probably good social policy. Look, look, we're happy to have them as partners. Uh, we think it makes it easier you know we're going to have a lot of construction down there so you want building permits and you want all that to happen fast we, you know uh, 
we don't want this to be a three-year construction cycle. No. Would no. be a 12-month construction cycle and we've designed the building that pretty much everything we're doing is an add-on uh so you know out around the building so it doesn't disrupt the the actual inside or right. to the least extent possible so that it doesn't disrupt the hockey season and basketball season and whatnot so uh yeah yeah the only hint i've seen out of the city was when jamie was on out of the fog and he mentioned that moncton built a new arena and they have a European investor for between three and 350,000 a year. I'm like, that's not local. We, you know, you know what we're like, we all want to keep it here. We want to keep it local. Yeah. We don't want yeah. to bids. Yeah. He was wrong on that. It's not a, a European company. It's actually a company out of the U S uh, we work with them in Iowa. It's called Spectra. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't know why he thinks it's European, but it's not. <laughs> Okay, but um, still, it's still outside money, which, you know, you're right yeah. here. You're in the city. Let's get this done. Yeah, you know, well, you know, look, we, we'd have this done now, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think with the more, uh, with a council who was thinking about it, it should be done. The fact that we can't get a meeting is, uh, you know, I, I actually started mm-hmm. to write uh, the mayor in uh, April of last year, uh, trying to get a meeting on this. So, uh it's um, it's frightening, uh, quite frankly, that uh, it's a closed door. Do that kind of investment can't get a meeting in this town. Really, though, um, can the yeah. taxpayers like demand the this? To, yeah, I know the petition is going. Like, would there be anything? The petition is a, would be a big help. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that they respond. If we can get you know thousands of of signatures on that, it would be a big help. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the taxpayers will vote at the ballot box in the fall and September at the elections. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to say, why hasn't council sat down and spoken to them? Why isn't, uh, why aren't we doing this? It makes absolutely no sense. And I think yeah. they're going to find themselves in the position of not being able to explain it away. And well, you got to listen to the people. Yeah. Well, uh, look, just use some common sense. So, uh, I think they're going to be in tough on this on this issue, quite frankly, and uh, so we'll see. You know, so hopefully it speeds up and find so, out what the next step is. This, yeah, uh, this this podcast in particular is going to be fairly widespread, and certainly among Growlers Nation, that's a big uh, mm-hmm. that's a big uh, following of ours. So yeah. uh, we're going to implore all of our people to get out and get get the get up on the facts. You've heard a lot here today that you probably haven't heard yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, Brush up sign on the facts, that petition. Make, make up your own mind and then sign a petition because well yeah <laughs> at, at the end of the day uh, you're paying yeah. the, the you're paying the city council you're paying their salaries uh get those people working on your behalf and uh, doing what's right for you so uh it's a chance for for growlers nation to let their voice be heard so if you're looking yeah, for that petition, guys it's uh it's a change.org petition uh you can find it at growlers nation on facebook it's posted there it'll be pinned to the top pinned up top yeah yeah and uh and we'll put by it in all the means, description guys, bar as yeah. well uh, we're not asking for much there other than uh other than just some action so yeah it's uh not that hard not that hard is there anything dean that you'd like to pass along to the fans no, well, look, I mean, uh, as I said, I, I feel, I don't feel like an owner. I feel like a fan, uh, made lots of good relationship, you know, uh, uh, certainly getting to know you guys. I reached out to you guys when all this started. And uh, mm-hmm. so I uh, just uh, appreciate how, uh, how important this has become to people, how people are passionate about the team. It's uh, it actually, uh, you know, I'm very proud of, of the association with, with, uh, 
with the fan base, with uh, what you guys have done to help, uh, um, you know, really promote the team. And, uh, and uh, so it does feel like a family and a fraternity. And uh, so like, I, I mean it sincerely, like I'm just super grateful, feeling really lucky. And uh, uh, I enjoy meeting everybody so much. It's just been a thrill. Yeah. Oh, well, we certainly appreciate it as well. Um, guys, did you have anything else for Dean before we, we shut her down? No, nope. I think we covered everything and then some. It's, That'll uh, be it. Yeah. Right. Well, in closing, um, just a, a few closing remarks on, on our end. Um, obviously, we've touched on it. You've been you've become beloved, endeared to the fans in St. John's. Uh, in sports, it gets tossed around a lot about, uh, you know, this guy's a player's coach. Um, but among Growlers Nation, I think you've become uh, the fan's owner. Uh, yeah. You really represent what what we like to see uh, on the ice, uh, off the ice, uh, community involvement. We uh, we really appreciate everything you guys have brought to the, brought to the table. Uh, yeah. Like I said, not just as a business, but as a, a member of the community. Um, yeah. Very early on, we organized very very early on in Growlers Nation. We organized a meal just to get some some familiar faces together, and you you showed up with some ball hats and handed them out at the, at the table. Of, 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 yeah, of a of a, a bunch of nobodies yeah. who uh, who were just out for a beer and uh, and wanted to uh, wanted to get to know each other. So uh, all that stuff right on up through helping design the Growlers Nation logo and turning that over to the fans and letting them use it and, and promote it and even uh, so much as stapling it on the boards at Mile One. Everyone notices that and everyone comments on it uh, that our logo. I know it's awesome. It I noticed board, that so. too. But most yeah. of uh, I, I've still got a couple of those hats if you want to give them away on the podcast. Oh, uh, totally will. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Uh, well, like I said, when you do your, your history of sports in, uh, in, uh, in uh, St. John's, you can uh, reference the first, uh, first ever uh, hockey podcast in Newfoundland, Labrador. Exactly. <laughs> Gee, I'm silly. No, Dean, uh, most of all, <laughs> I said, thank, thanks so much. Thanks so no, much. For, my pleasure. And, and yeah. guys, as you know, like, the team doesn't exist without, uh, without fans. And so, like, it's, we're all, it's all an ecosystem that, uh, uh, that has reliance on each other. And uh, I can tell you this. I know the players love playing here. And uh, you guys should be uh, really proud of, of what you've done to uh, uh, build this team because you're, you're as much a part of it as I am, that's for sure. Yeah, we got to get them all back now when this is over because they're all yes. down in Utah. Zach and Marcus over in Germany lighting it up. I mean, don't mm-hmm. worry, those guys all the time. <laughs> good, good. good. All right, well, Dean, yeah. thanks so much for your time, man. We we, we really yeah, appreciate really it. Appreciate appreciate it. it. Hopefully, we'll be able to get you back to talk about the second uh, the second Kelly Cup that we win. So when construction yes. begins, yeah, when our yes. construction begins, because it will. <laughs> so much, guys. Cheers. Go Growlers. Go growlers. Go growlers. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks, Dean. Thanks Thank so much. You. Well, guys, okay. that was Dean McDonald from the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, uh, you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button down below. Um, we're, we're more than more than uh, pumped that Dean was able to make the time for us late on a Thursday night to come out and chat yes. uh, chat hockey and sports and entertainment with us. So Us little uh, nobodies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we'll be a somebody someday. <laughs> but uh, I forgot to ask him to get Kylie a job as an in arena host. Up on the list, uh, you gotta let you gotta wait for the man to uh, own the rink first, we'll, we'll that, we'll <laughs> and then one, we'll ask the question. We'll let that one. Oh goodness! Uh, that's great, guys. Like I said, hit subscribe, hit share, drop us a comment, drop us a message. You can find us at deeksnipeselly.ca. You can find us at uh, on Twitter uh, at Selly Deek, and you can find us on Facebook at uh, Deeksnipeselly. So. 
again, if there's nothing else to add, guys, I'll say peace out. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.